Welcome to Sketch Magazine Podcast, hosted by Bill Nichols, Senior Editor of Sketch Magazine, John Wilson, Editor of Sketch Daily over at ComicRelated.com, and myself, Robert W. Hickey, Publisher of Sketch Magazine and Co-Founder of Blue Line. Come back after the music and find out what we have to offer in this episode. What's up, creators? This is John once again, and you have found the Sketch Magazine podcast. I am here, as always, with Bill Nichols and Bob Hickey, and tonight we will be talking about writing. Hey, how you doing? All right. Doing great. So, what about this writing stuff? You mean comics don't just write themselves? The devil, you say. If only they, they did. It would be so much easier, but they don't. Sometimes they do, but for about a panel, maybe. Maybe. It depends on, on the book. It depends on right. the characters. Right. Well, you know, writing doesn't get near as much play or near as much of a how-to uh, tutorials as the as the artists or inkers or even colorists. So uh, for those who are completely clueless what the heck a writer in comics even does, uh, one of you detail what a writer does. Go for it, Bob. Other than the simple, they write, you know. Give it a little more than that. <laughs> well, a writer is the uh, the beginner of the idea, the, the project, and from the writer springs everything, really. It starts there with the idea, and then it is turned into words and some writers just write a plot, just the basic action. Some write a very detailed uh, account of what happens page by page, panel by panel. You know, some almost write books. I mean, I've seen Alan Moore's uh, descriptions for some of the Miracle Man things back in, printed back in the day of uh, Eclipse and stuff. I mean, it's brilliant stuff, and it's very detailed. Translating that stuff is it would be difficult, but it runs from the very simple to the very complex, and out of that, the artist takes those words and turns them into pictures. And, of course, the letterer takes the dialogue and, and all that. But uh, you have a different process depending on what you know, how you work. You know. So that's, that's the, the very quick explanation of what a writer does. Well, which one... Um... Which one do either of you think uh, of has the more benefit? The one where plots, which uh, I think uh, most people refer to as the Marvel style, mm-hmm. or the panel by panel breakdowns. I mean, I know, <clears throat> I know some people prefer each for different reasons. So, so what do either of you think is the uh, benefits of both, or if there's one that's really better over the other? Uh Myself, it depends on the artist. Um, there's been some artists that I've worked with who I've done the uh, panel by panel, exact description of what I wanted, way I moved it, um, and everything. And then there's the story where I had a 15-minute 15 com- 15 conversation on the phone with Mitch Bird, and the pages started showing up. Of course, it's always nice when he puts notes on it to remind me what we talked about. <laughs> I usually like a loose plot, and you know, uh, if if I really get into a scene myself, I'll put in a lot of detail. But then, if you know, I'm going to depend on the artist to carry a bulk of this too, and I'll leave some opening room for interpretations, and uh, you know, if he needs to extend something or play around with it. So, um, to me, it depends on a project, and it depends on who you're working with, really, and uh, how you would write. Now, some, Bill, Bill was talking about what a writer does. A writer also has to um, – a good writer probably has a good editor, too, though, to keep them straight. I know I like to keep somebody over top and looking at my stuff, whether it's Bill here or Bill Love, and tell me, you know, one, is it coherent? Is it working within the, the characters? Um, not exactly coming and change stuff, but just make sure I'm not – Sometimes you can be too close to a project, and you got to make sure that people outside can, can understand where you're going with it. 
So, right, you may have a, a, a clear idea in your head of what you are attempting to do, but because you are so close to it, it's hard to be some objective. Just like the Clay's way, when we were talking about that, mm-hmm. uh, something that works in real life, it sounds really funny in real life. Transferring uh, that into a, a strip form is tricky, but it can be done. It's just a different take. Yeah. You know? Sometimes it doesn't work, though. The first strip we did, um, and I ended up pulling it, was a strip on recycling, and it really happened. My wife had a bunch of recycling sent around, and she was like, Clay, take the recycling outside. And he popped off, like, within, right behind it. I'm leaving it, I'm letting it collect or something. I forget exact terminology. Let it grow. Letting it grow. And it was yep. so funny. I mean, my bro- his brother, Luke, and I, we just started dying laughing because he was so quick with it. The problem is writing it in a strip, the delivery isn't that quick, so it read horrible. <laughs> I, we, I posted it, and Bill read this. I hate it, and I pulled it right back off. It just didn't work, and then this strip's sitting here, and we'll write something else to it and make it work, but it sometimes real life works, and sometimes it doesn't. Um and sometimes you can play with real life and then tweak it into a good strip. And that's like the one with the Reds right now. The whole thing about Clay jumping on board with the Saints is true. The whole write-up I wrote about him getting a card and also now Deuce McAllister was his player, which he didn't even know he wasn't playing anymore. And he followed the Saints all year last year. Didn't even know who the quarterback was until midseason. And here they go, win Super Bowl. So um, I'm always teasing him. Now he's, my, uh, he's rooting for the Reds to win a World Series. And, uh, good luck charm. He tells me I'm greedy. I want all my teams to win. I want the Bengals to win Super Bowl, Reds win World Series. I want number 88 to win a NASCAR championship. I was like, mm. there's nothing greedy about that. Just rooting for my favorites. There Only you if you're putting bets down, is it greedy? <laughs> yeah. Based on Clay's hey, predictions. You know, if the Reds win the World <laughs> Series, hey, I'll be betting on whatever Clay's <laughs> rooting for next year. But that brings up a good question mentioning Clay's way. Um, now that you specifically, Bob, have done both, written four comics and have now written a comic strip, uh, maybe you can go into the the differences, the challenges, and the similarities of those two art forms. Well, I think writing for a strip, to me right now, is a lot harder. Um, sometimes they flow, and you go boom, 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 and write them off four, five, six in a row. Sometimes I'll be thinking days about what to write. And even once you write it and it's drawn and you sit there and you script it, you're changing it because the delivery is not working or where where you're trying to achieve a thing. Because you only got four panels, probably at the most. Yeah. And so you got to sort of set something up and then boom, nail it. Sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. Um, the good thing about web strip publishing is you got deadlines, you know. And I, mm-hmm. I want to meet those deadlines. I want a new strip every Monday, a new strip every Friday. And uh, we're hoping in a month to have a new strip every Wednesday. So that's three times a week. Right now it's two. And we want to hit, guarantee to hit those deadlines. Even though it's new, the readership's just starting to build, we want to be out there. And so it's good that I've got to get it done and got to work through it. Um, it's been rough. It's been rough changing from writing comics where I've got 20, eh, if I need two more pages, 22 pages to, to wrap up a, you know, beginning, middle, and end, not maybe wrap up that story, but, you know, get them, set them up for the next issue, um, to do that and go in to do it in four panels. Wow. It's, it's, it's a lot harder, but to me, I'm having a lot of fun with it because it's very challenging. Um, I haven't, I haven't done a lot of humor. I mean, I've written characters that I've known for years and you know if they're humorous or not and when they would use it or not. So here, trying to write a strip to inject a little bit of humor into it, it's it's a big challenge. It's a big work. you got to really look at what other people have done and try to pull you know, from real life, too. But uh, it's a big challenge. Now, writing comics, it depends. If you're writing your own creator-owned project, and I've said this over and over, Blood and Roses pretty much writes itself. I can throw out a situation, and I would know how the girls roll through it. Now, I've got to get them to a certain point at the end, but I would know how, how Chris and Tam both 
would react to every situation I would throw at them. So it's it's not that hard. Um, the new project that I'm working on, which one of these days I will name it, um, a little harder. I'm just starting to get to know these characters and set up situations. Um, the editor for That's Bill Love, and him and I had an hour conversation on Friday about it, coming up with storylines and where I was wanting to go with it and where we want to add to it and plot twist. And him and I are going to have a 10-hour ride to New York on Thursday for the New York Comic Con. Right. We will put a lot of that down in the books. We'll be writing a lot of my plots and ideas and stuff down to not only set up this four-issue series, but the next four-issue series, the next one, and sort of roll with where we want to move this to. And, and we got this whole other group of characters that's developing out of this. And, and uh, the good thing about talking with somebody else is that uh, characters develop. Um, sort of like out of the first issue, I had written, and I probably already said this once in a podcast, we'll repeat it, had written that, there was, that one of the characters was attacked by a bear, wild bear. There is no wild bears in England. I, I didn't do my research, evidently. He did. And right. so he says, it's got to be a boar. I said, no, it can't be a boar. It's got to be a bear. So then all of a sudden, out of that, I came up with this private estate, this animal reserve, this school, and this group who runs it. And all of a sudden, it added a huge part of the story together and just changed the whole back end that really I hadn't spent a lot of time developing yet all developed up round because I couldn't have a bear. Um, mm. So it was pretty cool, right? The way it just rolled together, and uh, right. now it's going to be a pretty big part of it. So you got, you got to play up on things, and you got to be, you know, your mind's just constantly got to be rolling things through and be thinking, well, if that doesn't work, how would this work, and how would these characters handle it? You know, he asked, he asked me about one of the main characters, and, um, you know, I just told him, that's the way this character is. He's noble. He's for very, you know, honest and just, you know, gave him the facts on how this character is and how he would handle a situation. It, and that, that's the way I write. I, I have a feeling other writers probably are very meticulous. They sit down and say, okay, I'm going to take Spider-Man from here, here, and he's going to punch this guy. Boom, 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 20 pages, here you go. Uh, I've never been able to write that way. i got to really think about stuff and roll stuff ideas in my head. It's like the, uh, Bill and I have been talking about the new the Blood and, Blood and Roses series uh, in the dark. Right. And uh, there we sort of set up that when I blew up Infinity uh, <laughs> on Bill, um, yeah. all these agents that were out active, some of them's gone rogue, some of them are stuck in time. So we've sort of created, I created a mess that now is going to add all kinds of possibilities for stories. And I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun running it and all these agents that we really didn't even know they were time agents and other characters we have going that we can play into it. So you sort of take what you've developed and what you've created and you mold it and you, you try to play with it and and develop more storylines along the way. So it's fun. It's real fun. So um, Well, that, br yes. that brings something up for Bill. Uh, mm -hmm. Bill, you've had to write in different... I guess the best way to put it would be genres. Right. Uh, you know, you've had to write super serious. Uh, you've written somewhat comedic. You know, uh, you, you've written uh, you've written kind of across the board from straight superhero to more space adventure, things like that. Uh, right. What of all that appeals to you most? And do you find yourself having a particular problem writing one type of story over the other? Uh, no, not really. When we did the uh, Sketch Magazine Afterburn Media Forum contest here, while, you know, back when it was our own board, right? Some of the things that I did were for um, a lot of it was, was prose, but it, part of the challenge of the contest was turn this into a comic book page. With that particular thing, it became a challenge for me and a fun thing for me to write a western to write. Uh, a detective story to write um, several things. So <laughs> yeah, there's so, been a that, lot. And it was it was a challenge. That was a challenge for me to to do it that way. And, I, and a couple of times I did scripts and I did some. Um, you know, my fallback was some of the Sparta Bay, you know, things, the situations and things. But one genre over another. I mean, I'm I'm familiar with them all, so it, it, 
it wasn't that hard for me. I mean, I know that, um, and, and kind of that really that was the challenge for me. I put the challenge to myself to see if I could pull it off. And one of my favorite pieces that I wrote was uh, the charm knife a scenario with a with a dragon. And that was a uh, sort of sword and sorcery thing with some comic touches added. And to make that funny, or to make it, it, it was funny to me, and it turned out to be you know humorous to other people. Right. That was, you know, for me, I, I you know I pull it off. You know, and, and and the contest was pretty good. We, I think, Steve Lydic won that one, and he, you know, there were some, there were several uh, very imaginative entries to those contests, and and part of that too was the challenge for the artist and the the guys that were entering the contest was to challenge themselves to think outside what they're familiar with, to to go into another genre. That I think that worked, you know, pretty well. I mean, I enjoy all those things. I mean, my favorite thing to read really is science fiction. I don't, I don't really like hard science fiction. You know, I really don't care how many uh, parsecs it is to Alpha Centauri. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what you know the mixture for warp speed. I don't I, hard science. Eh. But it's the for me, it's the the adventure and the story and the characters. And I, and my writing, I think, is more about that. Well, you mentioned writing, you know, that, that long um, dialogue piece. Uh, well, not dialogue piece, that long prose piece, rather. Right. Um, is that how you normally approach any sort of page? And um, if so, do you find it particularly challenging to go back in and have to deal with the dialogue after an artist has already hit it? Or is, was that just something specific to that particular contest? Uh, no, it, if I was going to take that prose piece and, and turn it into a comic book page uh, or to dialogue uh, that particular piece, you know, I'm pretty flexible with that. And it was that part, that particular thing became, uh, that's, that's one of my, you know, my book projects that someday maybe I'll, I'll continue to finish or to work on, you know, it, 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 but if you look on uh, actually Last week, or in the last week, I wrote, put on Comics Mentor, part of a, a script that I did for Willow, which was one of the contests that we did. And uh, Sammy uh, Kavisa, a guy from Finland, uh, won that. And he did a really great job taking the first two pages, and you know, or maybe the page. I think it was the first two pages, maybe. But uh, he translated that pretty well. And what I do is usually I write the scene and maybe a, a suggestion of the caption or the dialogue, but it's not hard and fast because I can, based on what the artist turns in, I may have uh, some better idea of how to punch that up to really emphasize what I was trying to do and to uh, play off what the artist has done. So it, it, it becomes a collaboration at that point. Uh, Tom and Mary Beerbaum, when they were doing Dead Kid, you know, I got copies of a lot of their Legion pages, and but because they would get them uh, so that they could dialogue off of those, mm-hmm. and that was pretty cool, and it really worked out well for me and us because we got copies of you know Legion pages right. for for samples. So that's how they were, you know they plotted, and their hard dialogue that they wrote for the book was based on the art because you want to look at the pacing too, and you want to to make it suit visual that's been you know the, the artist has turned in so i don't know if that really answers your question but yeah yeah uh, it does you know um what do you think uh do either one of you think it's a detriment to an artist like the way i write i've, I've just really started writing um seriously for for publication and the way i write is i plot every or i uh, panel plot everything including adding the dialogue in every panel. I mean, I'm pretty specific in every panel what I want. Am I uh, am I kind of proving a disservice to the artist, or do you think that's something a lot of artists appreciate? Well, I think artists, some artists appreciate it. 
Um, as long as you're flexible on your end, and if he says, you know what, that's just not flowing, and if he's wanting to tweak it, and unless you are hard set on no, that's exactly the way I want it, then right. you might have a problem. Um, but a lot of times when you write something, it just doesn't work, breaking it down panel by panel, because uh, you know, you've got to move everything down a page. You've got to come across... You know, left to right, and then down across the page, and left to right across the bottom, and then back up to the next page. You guys sort of think that way when you're writing, but it doesn't always adapt over when they're drawing it. No, I think the more you can put down, and I've I've had artists, you know, they read my scripts and says, "Wow," because in certain areas of my script, there's lots of details, and then I'll say four-page fight scenes. Here, have fun. And then I'll have lots of details. Because right. I don't need a detailed fight scene. I can say who's fighting who and what the effects are going to be. And this is where they're going to end up. Now, go have fun for four panels, four pages, you know. And sometimes that happens on a page. I'll go, okay, this panel is this page. Um, they, need to do, they need to move from this scene to this scene. And then I'll wrap it up at the bottom of that page. I'm not going to hold their hand all the way through it. They are the artists. They need to, to contribute something in it to the story and I think it's sort of what it does it helps them to contribute some to the story when you don't hand them every every single bit now right some younger artists um, it's a good thing to hold their hand a little closer and until they get used to the flow of the page and movement of the story well yeah. that that also begs the question um, and I don't know if uh, you guys have done this a lot but um, uh, I spent I spent part of the weekend uh, creating character descriptions and uh, biographies for some new characters that uh, that someone is doing a, on a book for me. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something you find yourself doing a lot, or do you generally just leap right into the story? And as the story goes on, you give the artist a little more as to the character. I don't know if I'm making yeah. any sense uh, for that question. I, I, think, I think it sort of depends. I think before you even have a story, you got to have lead characters. So right. You sort of got to know who the leads are, but also I think as you're writing, there's new characters that step into place. There's new, new situations that create new characters or add to those characters. Um, so I, I think it's a little both. I think you got to have a ton of preconceived characters ready to tell a story about or you're really not going to understand how that story moves how that right. character you know how that story is going on if you don't know and understand what the characters would do i think it's a little both i know we're going to have a summit middle late october for skystorm uh-huh. one of the things i really want to get done is a who's who of skystorm universe so we can post it on the website and so i want to bring everything we've ever published or anything we have sketches of Look at these characters and get something written if we don't already have it right. down. So then we can get these characters online, let people start to figure out who they are and start getting involved. And, well, that one's cool. What's this one about? Oh, where's that one at? You know? So it, it, it's important to know your characters, but you sort of have to keep it open for new possibilities. So I, I think both. I don't know. How about you, Bill? Yeah. Uh, if you're writing, say, for one. Uh, one idea, then definitely you want to have something fleshed out about that character so that you have something hard and fast sort of to go by, whether it's uh, you start your own uh, story Bible or character Bible entry of that person, because as you write, things can change and things can be added because as you're writing, you know, uh, th- their history is changing a little bit, or you may think about something in their past that it changes the uh, that changes the story or the future, and it may spark another idea, spark another character. Uh, when I was writing Blood and Roses, for example, I mean, I wanted I I created the Temps. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, you had them there, but I gave them a name. Right. You know, the the guards on Infinity, and uh, I gave them the girls people to play off of other than just Cronus who they always had to fight with. Right. So, you know, that was, uh, that created or had the potential to create a, 
fast cast and it still is. I mean, there's, you know, they're all still out there. So, uh, most of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, uh, you know, well, Bob, you touched on this briefly. Um, how important is research, uh, uh for a writer? Um, it, do you think it, do you think it's really important or does it sort of taint your creativity when you bring too many facts into it, you know? Um, I think it depends on what kind of research you're talking about. Um, as soon as I started working on Clay's Way, I took like all my Calvin Hobbes and all my peanuts and I put them away. Uh-huh. I do not want to stumble across something and unconsciously in two, three months write one think this is great only to be already done because needless to say no matter say whatever i do it's gonna already be done somewhere on another strip somehow some way you know it's just and given that you have a young boy with an imaginary it's, it's, animal it's already you, huge yeah. connection there yeah 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 yes um so yeah i i they're all i mean i have a huge calvin Hodge collection got it from a birthday right. last year packed it up i just i couldn't right now until I really get these characters in my head so no matter what situation I put them in I know what they're going to do I, I, I need no temptation now if I'm researching yeah. a subject or a storyline yeah dive in man Google uh, <laughs> you know you don't have to go to the library anymore everything's online um, I needed a, for a current I need a logo a Ritz logo for the current strip at Claysway got online mm-hmm. did a logo search oh there's a logo okay grab a copy of that prove it over trace over it boom done um simple so yeah do your research um the new book that i'm working on uh there's a lot of preconceived history for a few of the characters so i'm doing a lot of studying on it some of them i'm going to use some i'm not but i want to know at least a little bit about it because I'm going to run into fans out there of some of these characters, even though these are my versions of these characters, not somebody else's, right. who's going to say I'm doing it wrong. And I want to know at least from where they're coming from. Um, you want to do your research as much as possible. But don't research it to death. Write, write, create, work, make stuff. Right. That's more important. Um, what do you think, Bill? Well, I think it can be so tied into things that you can except it, it is important to know certain things whether it's about the wild bears in england or you know if you are writing hard fiction to know how many parsecs and all that but it kind of it it depends sort of on your your project i mean some things can be nebulous you know a blaster is a blaster uh, sometimes the artist has some, you know some things the artist can have fun with creating or drawing or saying, you know, I've always wanted to draw something this way. And, you know, unless you just are, are so tied into it, um, like your research or, or be so meticulous. Well, you know, to get comic book pages back and the artist has drawn the completely wrong, uh, gun for a time. If you know your stuff and say you're Bo Smith and you know that stuff or Bill Tucci, you, mm-hmm. you know, that stuff, uh, course you know billy would, would be drawn at himself so that would be <laughs> right no bad. kidding yeah right that would be bad but uh, but uh, you know to, to have a general idea and you know i have some reference stuff here and of course you know with the internet and just general knowledge and all that stuff you you can find a lot of the stuff easily enough so it's easily checked or referenced and i mean it is important but just like locking yourself into your uh, script format or your plot format to to uh, orchestrate everything down to the last uh, character in each panel. If you are if you are so tied into that where you have no uh, el- elasticity with uh, the artist, where it's you know you know you get these pages back and they're not exactly what is in the script or whatever, you know that could be. Yeah, you know, I, I tend to. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Mike Barron's scripts, so to speak, but he mm-hmm. he sort of draws out the comic book page as he sees it. Right. And if you look in, uh, I think it's Art of Steve Rude. Steve Rude. Uh, there's a an example or two 
of Mike's script and then Steve's uh, where, where Steve took it and you know he turned it into what he you know he, how he does it and I've done that I've you know I like I like the thumbnail I very much encourage artists to thumbnail their pages yeah, you know instead of just I know some artists and they will just draw and then by the time they get to page five maybe they have to look back at page one and go ooh I could have done that better and because they didn't just plan this out and that's another, you know that's an example of page pacing just like with the strip it's just in a longer uh, elongated form but um, yeah you can be too locked into reference just like you can in anything else it's just you have to be a little bit flexible or you know know your stuff and back up what you're saying and, and uh, let's, okay, let me let me contribute no on go that. ahead go ahead um, the the thumbnails or the refs don't have to be really tight either just just sort of showing the movement um bill next time if i ever get my studio unpacked i have a couple of neil gaiman's ash cans back when we did a uh, interview of neil in sketch magazine mm -hmm. um, they sent me a, a couple of photocopies of his full ash cans that he did for sandman oh and it's it's cool stuff so um you know, oh, that's, a, that, 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 that's that, neat that, stuff yeah, that's the kind of stuff I groove on, and you know, I, I I love to see that stuff, and I love for other people to see that stuff because that also sort of uh, looks into the mindset of, of the creator, whether it's the writer or the penciler or you know an inker or whoever, because inkers you know have that too. Oh yeah. Um, you know, some like Steve Rude warms up maybe you know looking at some Alex Raymond stuff and. Uh, just different others, and it's not going to be Steve Rude Hour, but uh, that came off the top of my I remember him reading that about him, and other people do that too, where they uh, just sort of warm up, or they they sort of want to channel that. I, I knew a guy years ago that would, I mean, this is a horrible thing, but he would draw in his comics. He would Ooh. trace, he would trace the picture uh, in the comic book, and then trying to redraw it on a sketchbook Wow! right after that. And we were kids, so you're talking 40 years ago. Well, not 40, but it's a long <laughs> time ago. But just think about the, what those comics are worth now. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So. Well, I was thinking, let's get to, let's get real specific, uh, Bill. Take Sparta Bay, for instance. Um, how much research went into that? Uh, research, not a lot. Uh, mostly it's development. Um, I know it's a city. I know um, it's on the East Coast, and now it's the characters, uh, putting the characters in, because there are certain things that, that are there, and they have been there. Sparta Bay is really parts of, you know, these, these, thing, these stories that I have come up with over the years, and I just gave them all a place to play. And they interconnect, and that's also a challenge for me, or a fun thing for me, is to have this continuity. Because as one character or one story is going, there are other characters and other stories off to the side. And they, you know, you may see something on the news in one comic that has something to do with one of the other uh, projects or whatever, you know. So, uh, I mean, certain specific things maybe. Uh, mythology and you know to, not so much to make sure I get it right because it's my take on things but mm -hmm. uh, you know that I mean there would be a little bit but like I said that it's mostly character development and and writing the stories and stuff so well, in that situation not well what about blood and roses Bob uh, in your case how much went into that as far as research yeah as far well, as just doing research when, when I developed it as a time-traveling story, and I think you probably one of them, you, you mentioned why didn't I hit very um, certain events, you know, like the death of JFK and, and, and Lincolnshire and all that stuff. And I don't, right. I don't need to do those. Those have been done. Well, we know the history of them, and they've been done to death as far as, quote-unquote, time-traveling. So I was wanting, right. 
not really use it for that factor, but use it for the science fiction and the fantasy factor of time travel. And, and the reason I really liked it, I fell in love with a, a book by King Dean Koontz called Lightning. And in there, he did Time Travel Right. It's a wonderful book. I've read it five times now. And uh, it's just, oh, it's a very good book. It's called Lightning. Um, I, I like the whole concept of time travel. So that's sort of with the girls. The girls came from a print that Joe Martin and I did. And I came up with ideas from the characters and roll with them. Now, a lot of times I'll throw situations out there knowing I got to come back somehow and fix this. Um, in the current storyline, in the dark, I launched it with them sitting around a campfire with their kids telling stories well i have no clue (laughs) (laughs) and when they stop adventuring and when they have kids and who's the daddies and no idea we'll have to touch that base somewhere down the road you know um but i just like the whole concept of the family the family unity um that they both had kids about the same age and that they were familiar enough with each other they were pestering each other around the campfire and then they were willing to sit down and listen to a story about what one of their mom's adventures, you know, and what they used to do. And so I really enjoyed that leading into the story, you know, the quote unquote new era of Blood and Roses. Um, mm-hmm. But boy, you know, it's sort of something I threw out there that, Bill, somehow we got to fix at some point in time. Um, or we don't, you know. Hell, uh, hopefully we get to wrap it up. But. Um, so a lot of times I'll throw stuff out there and say, okay, I know I got to come back and fix this, but, you know, I can't always just blow up Infinity and wipe it away. Right, Bill? Well, <laughs> uh, who's to say that Infinity's totally blown up? I, you know what? We were talking about it the other day, and I'm thinking, ooh, what if it was still out there ticking away, just damaged real bad? Maybe it was yeah. a dream sequence. Oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> and Bobby comes out of the shower. shower. Exactly. Oh, no, yeah. Who shot JR? No, yeah. our Bobby comes out of the shower and says, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys are funny. Um, no, no, it's not a dream sequence. It happened. Um, so let, let me put a scenario out there. Okay, I'm a writer. Uh, it's We're still... We're getting near the end, but it's still con season. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm a writer. I really want to write for somebody, you know, some company. Um, doesn't have to be one of the big boys, but some company. Uh, what do I need to do to get my name out there, get an editor interested in me purely as a writer? Yeah. Not as a writer artist or, you know, a writer slash colorist or whatever, just a writer. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> I don't mean to be doom and gloom again. <laughs> and the hopes and dreams of thousands just crash. No, well, think about it. There's tons of writers sitting out there waiting in line. Right. Um, and right now, they're not even looking at us. They're looking at Hollywood for writing because they're names that they can pick up. You know, the J. Michael Straczynski's and... Josh Whedon's and you know these Jeff guys, Johns. Jeff Johns. So you, you, it's almost impossible to stumble into a a good sized gig and not have already done the writer artist thing. And I think right. it's important to do the writer artist thing. Find a buddy, get on or um, DeviantArt, get out there on Facebook, find somebody who's looking for a writer to work with, and and start. Learning your craft and let him learn his craft, and it gives you both a piece to go and sh- sell with. Whether it's something you, you really die hard to get published, or it's something that uh, let's do a story, and then you know he has his art, he can go out and try to get an art job, and you have your written drawn for you because it is a visual medium, and you take it around and shop. I mean, it's just you know that's what you're gonna find out with this podcast. We're gonna be very honest to you. It's, it's very, very hard to get a job by handing in a full script. Never hand in a full script. Hand in a synopsis of a story idea that hasn't already been done. Um, they're just not looking. There's too many of them out there right now. And so the best thing is to, to hand in, either get self-published or at least 
create some art samples and writing samples that you can hand. I get handed many of those at conventions when I'm behind the blue line tables. Um, they'll hand me, you know, story samples. Says I'm a writer. My friend draws, and here's what we produced. You know, um, his cards attached to it. It's very, you know, recognizable that on there he says I'm the writer. So I'm really looking at this sample from him as the writer. Um, so you know, I've also uh, been at a con where I've got the same sample from the artist, and I'm like, well, I've already got your sample. Let me pull your card and stick with the other one. Uh, so. You know, I've seen them out there doing it. It's what you've just about, if you want to work in this industry, and if you want to work for the big guys, you've got to get out there and create some working samples and learn your skills. And you're only going to learn it by doing it. Just like artists, writers got to write. you got to write and write. Now, do you got to write comics to get into comics? No. Nowadays, you can write prose and self-publish your own book online. And work on your writing skills, writing prose. So there's many different ways to write, develop your skills, and develop you know your ability. So biggest thing is if you want to do comics, hook up with a buddy, and and create some samples if nothing else. If you don't want to, the the uh, the self-publishing thing isn't yours. And I understand not everybody wants to do that. No, I don't understand it because I do. But anyway, I believe there's people that don't want all the hassles of self-publishing and, and, and distribution and all that. So if you just want to work in comics, um, I believe you need to get out there, get, get some work done so you have a sample package because it is a visual medium. Um, writing is the hardest thing to get into for comics. And it, it, to me, from what I've seen, it's just getting harder. So, Bill... I, why does Bob always bring the boot <laughs> down? Gosh, sorry. Well, you have to. No, I mean you have to deal with the realistic aspects of it. But you're right. If you if you walk into it expecting to get a job at Marvel or DC, unless you know some sort of lightning strikes and you know you say Shazam or something, it's not going to happen. But it is more likely to happen if you uh, start. Establishing your track record now by writing some stuff, by getting your work out there. Go to Comic Related. I think the the topic thread on the forum is called Creator Corner. Creator's Corner. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, it is. And, and uh, Digital Webbing has one. Or, you know, there there are people on Digital Webbing, Pencil Jack, Ten Ton Studios. Uh, there are forums and message boards out there with artists who don't write. And go look at other artists. There are people who are out there just waiting to collaborate, but you've got to find them. And maybe you find the match that actually just it brings out something in you as a writer and inspires you. And hopefully you bring something out in that give an artist the structure that he or she needs to pull off their end of it. And you come out with some comics. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing that we've been talking about is creating comics. And if nothing else, you you create and you add to this thing that we all love. And that's why you're listening to the podcast. Hopefully, you know, I, I just got a, uh, in a uh, an email from a friend of mine I went to college with. He's a writer named Chris Offit. His dad uh, is Andrew J. Offit, a science fiction writer. And Chris has recommended one of his. Um, students to me who wants to get into comics to he he, he writes he went to uh, chris's workshops and um you know i gave him a, a few of the pointers i just now mentioned and as i said as far as turning that into comics you know you know i can help him with that and because that's an entirely different discipline maybe he's a reader but he's never been a writer of comics and that's something I can look at them and, and you know maybe give them some pointers in that way but uh, you know get out there and create and if nothing else you come out with some um, you get your ideas out there and you make some friends well you mentioned something that applies to all three of us actually um, do you think that your time writing for sketch magazine um, has helped your writing of comics? 
or in my case, even writing for comic related, you know, do you think writing those other, those other mediums helps your comic writing or is it two different animals? Well, for me, it was already there. So, I mean, it's, it, it, if anything, it is more experience in writing and firming up those skills, but it is a different sort of animal than writing comics. But I mean, for me, sketch was, is where comics mentor came from in writing the editorials for, for sketch and for writing those, um, contest pieces. That's what I was already doing. It just gave me more of a challenge to do that. So, I mean, it's sort of an evolution more than, um, anything else for me, but, uh, other people may get that. It's really a, it, it is really very much a personal journey because as you write every new thing, new things happen and you hopefully your writing continues to grow even if a big name say and you're you start writing for something you may be the greatest superhero writer there is but you may if you try to write science fiction which has happened or humor you know maybe or humor yeah then you know th some things fall short and it's a different if it's a, it's a different thing but maybe out of that you do learn you know the mistakes that you made in writing this humor thing that didn't work works the next time because you learn from your mistakes or you know something gels something clicks and I mean it, for everybody it is a journey it starts somewhere and ends somewhere and it's you know it ends somewhere hopefully way down the road but you know it's got to start somewhere so so go like I said just keep create comics just you have to take a step mm -hmm. and keep stepping. And hopefully you bring other people along with you. That's one of the things that about collaborating is that you bring people along with you and not – I know people who sort of put other people down sort of to build themselves up. And to be honest, it gets on my nerves <laughs> uh, terribly. And I don't have a lot of patience for that because that sort of – that whole victim thing we talked about before. Um, because I think if you're you're good enough – that should be your testimony. That should be the thing that says, I'm a writer, is the quality of your work, not how bad someone else writes or you pointing at someone else saying, you know, look at them. Or why didn't I get that job? That person just really cannot write humor, but I can write, you know, three jokes, you know, in a page or, or you know, I can quote the Bible kind of thing as I was right. talking about another podcast. Look at the quality of your work and worry about that, not what everybody else is doing. Worry about yourself because that's what is going to show. Your passion for it, your talent for it, um, your preparation, your how prepared you are in your reference if you need to do that. Uh, when I wrote Blood and Roses, you know, I, I read all the, all the stories that Bob had written. And so I had reference in that way about the characters and I knew the characters fairly well and, and one time Bob said um, he said I you know I trust you mm -hmm. which you know that like I said that that means a lot to me that for, that for him to say that so I the situations that I put them in I did research things about the rainforest and that one story and some stuff about the old west um, you know I know who Audie Murphy was in the, the western one you know, I, but I didn't look and see what kind of uh, six guns people use. I let the artists do that. Right. So, you know, but I mean, all those things are important and certain projects may have, it may weigh hit more heavily, you know, just create comics. That's, that's what know, it comes down to. Get off your hiney. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like the word hiney. Get off. Hiney. It. Word of the well, day. Hiney. Tiny. Use it in a sentence. You know. So go. Go tell Chris. your mom. You said honey. And don't use the excuse that you don't have an artist not to create. Like I said, you can start writing prose. You can start writing scripts. You can start um, just just write. Create characters. If you, if, you, if you get stuck and you know an idea is not coming for a whole story, then sit down and think about a character and and usually with a character comes a story um, somewhere somehow so you know get out there and 
And great, great, great. Um, well, I, we've talked a lot about the concept of writing and ideas of writing. What about Bill? What's your practice? Say, Bill, I need a, I need a B&R script. Next story. You're going to wrap up what's going on. I need, what would you like to plan? What would you give me if I said, okay, where do you want to go with them? Because I want to see, you know, where you want to take them. And then, and usually, tell me what you would give me, and then I'll, I'll follow it up with what we would do after that. Well, I would look at what you've done, and what I really want to do with Blood and Roses is stay true to that. And so I'm not going to come out with something where maybe they go to a magical dimension and, you know, something that's so totally outside their reality. Mm -hmm. But what I would do is give, um, this is, this is the sort of the story that I want, I see them doing. And this is what I hope to get, you know, they, they're, they're at a point a here at this beginning of the story arc. They are at, you know, C, you know, or, or D we'll say four issues each, you know, because it's a continuing thing. I'm not going to go from A to Z in four, four issues, but, uh, there will continue on after that. So maybe the things out of um, this story uh, hearken for other things beyond that. Just I mean, we just keep building. Right. We're, we're, we're building worlds, you right. know, and that's really what we're keeping the story going, and that's what I want to do as far as Blood and Roses go. You know, keep the story going to you know, infinity and beyond. Ooh. Uh, um, and so one thing I would look at is, I, you know, I'd look at your story ideas and some, some general concepts, and then I would go, well, bring me this situation, and then, you know, what can we play off of that situation or those characters? And, you know, one thing, and what I want to do with B&R, and Bill and I have discussed this, is bring in some of these other characters that we've created, and, of course, them being time travel, we can do that. And these are some characters that are really cool, but I'm not too sure in this market or in a future market they would hold true to investment of creating their own book. But we can showcase them over in BNR and put them in the situations with them. So, I want, you know, I want to get a concept, okay, and pacing of how we're going to pull that off before we, you know, invest in artists and everything. Um, so you want to sort of have a plan in place, and so you you need to learn how to write a good synopsis or good ideas or plots, and and I sort of one thing we haven't really talked about is plotting. You know, sit down, breaking down your, your story ideas and and pace them out. And I worked on some this afternoon. I had some dead time. I was waiting, and I sort of broke down a four story arc, and and it's just real simple, two or three lines per issue, but it gives me a, a general idea and. Okay, in this issue, I need this to happen, so then it can move to this story, and then move to this story. And here, we're going to wrap up some of it, but we're going to leave a little bit of it hanging so we can do another miniseries. So, I mean, it can be as short as just a few little notes. So, um, plotting is very important, and I think anybody who's going to hire you out there is going to want to know that you can do it. So, you want to have some you know, ideas on that. Right, and, and as far as dialogue goes, I've, I've said before, just like writing, I, I've written plays for. I was in theater, so the spoken word, you know, I'm, I'm sort of familiar with it. Even though I, I, I am quite a person, but you know, I hear things. You know, <laughs> I, I can hear dialogue well, and but to hear yourself say it out loud sometimes that because some things don't sound right if you say it out loud, right. and maybe you know it, it may not sound uh, true. You know, like with Maya uh, for Chris Noeth, some it, it reads perfectly well. It's perfectly great English, but conversationally, it's not something you would say. It's, I mean, more contractions, and we contract a lot in America. So yeah, I mean, a lot of it was that, but and flipping certain words, but um, I mean, you know, try. That's another way to try things out is to you know talk them out loud. Right. Listen to yourself on a tape recorder, and see you know how it sounds. Imagine you are an editor listening to your own pitch. Sounds good. And John is gone. John is not gone. John is here. John is thinking, <laughs> however, that we will um, have to save 
another type of writing that we're all familiar with for another podcast. Uh, I think it might be really good for us to talk about writing for websites and the magazine and other things of that nature, but that sure. would definitely be its own show. So, Oh, yeah. I think we will need to leave that particular discussion and um, perhaps begin to close out. One of us needs to make a note of that so we do come back to it. Because we talk about doing a lot of future podcasts, but we don't. When we sit here to say, hey, what are we going to talk about? They don't always come up. Yeah, yeah. I think the guy who records these things might want to write. He's the guy who does all the editing, too. Really? So he hears it a lot. Yeah, so he hears it more than Yeah, too much. No, just joking. Um, Yeah, I agree. That kind of writing and prose writing. I think there's a lot to be said about prose. Um, I'm really interested in writing prose. Um, especially on the two new properties, Ray Stanger and the the one to be announced. So, yeah, I, I think it would be cool to mm-hmm. talk more about that, definitely. Um, yeah, I think we sort of tore up writing, didn't we? Hopefully we we sc- did it a little bit of service there. Hopefully we didn't scare anybody away. If it's what you want to do, please, please do it. There's ways to do it. Bill's out there looking at, aren't you always out there willing to, the review portfolios and stuff for people, Bill? Oh, yeah. If it's a quick look or if it's something that I can help you with or you're having problems with something, you need a sounding board, that's what I'm there for. I mean, if it's a, if it's going to be a longer thing, then, yeah, it's, it's like 10 bucks for you know a longer, longer thing. But, uh, yeah, I'm always willing to look at some. I, I just did you know that in the last couple of weeks for a couple of people. So it's like they're like, look at my – Look at my portfolio or this piece here, and give me your thoughts. And I do, so that's no big deal. I mean, I I, I sort of groove on that. So I am a resource. Use me. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. All right, uh, John. You're talking about wrapping up. What has been gone? Yes, indeed. Even though we've it hasn't been that many days since we've last recorded, because we are recording this one a little bit early, because I am leaving for New York. Uh, middle of the week. Lucky boy, lucky yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. I'm not looking forward to the drive up or the drive back. But um, interested in seeing the show. I've done New York shows, but it's been 15, 16 years ago. Interested in seeing what, how this show's set up, see how it's run. I know Reed runs a really nice convention. Um, just just want to get my feet wet before I decide whether we set up there with Blue Line or if we set up as a studio or both. Um next year so i'm heading up there with friends uh chuck and eric adams and uh, bill love and we're going to uh, check things out so um i guess what i was getting at is that it's only been a few days but i know you've posted some stuff over on comic related so what's going on over there oh indeed the posting never stops (laughs) um well the most recent thing is i'm always amused at the odd places that comic creators will turn up and uh, for yesterday, I found it's an old video from back in 98, I think. But uh, Marvel inker um, and artist Scott Hanna mm-hmm. did the comic adaptation for Batman Forever, the truly horrifying sequel uh, starring Val Kilmer and uh, being the first <laughs> to introduce Robin. Uh well, um, he is on the Home Shopping Club. What? Home Shopping Club. Yes, indeed. Hawking the comic and talking about comics. Wow. Uh, he is also sporting a serious mullet. And uh, the two guys that are talking with him are... that They are that kind of um, fake enthusiastic that you tend to get on those kind of things, you know, Mm -hmm. where they sound really enthusiastic, but you could tell they don't care less about comics. So, um, I just thought that was rather interesting. So I put that up and then I put up an old, uh, it's actually in three parts. And, uh, then I put up an old, uh, documentary of his Spider-Man work just in case people aren't familiar. Um, with Scott Hanna, who right. uh, d- actually does really good work. Um, yeah. So check that out. Uh, if nothing else, you'll get a little chuckle out of the just the oddness of him being actually 
being on the Home Shopping Club, I mean, they uh, they seem to sell comics quite frequently on uh, on some of those shopping channels, but uh, it's a little odd for an artist to actually pop up. Well, QVC um, used to do a bunch, so you might look at those. Art, I remember seeing Art Nichols do one. So that's it's. I just find it hilarious myself, <laughs> and a little a little sad, but you know, um, it's just. Uh, just an oddity and i think that may be an ongoing thing if i happen to find comics in weird places that may be sort of an ongoing subgenre in the sketch blog um sticking with marble marble marvel <laughs> i found a i found an inter- interview with adi granov yeah i can't seem to talk this evening uh who um everyone should know as the artist on the extremist arc of Iron Man and the artist behind all the uh, behind all the layouts for the Iron Man movies with the second Iron Man movie just now coming out on DVD so check that out Uh, then actually still sticking with Marvel um, Rich Buckner who uh, is a very famous uh, early Marvel artist uh, critiqued a young man's work at uh, one of the comic conventions. And actually, at one point in this video, got out a, a piece of paper and started <laughs> to not only draw what uh, you know he was trying to tell the young man, but um, eventually to draw a yellow jacket himself. So. Uh, check that out it's it's only four minutes long but there's a lot going on and for some inexplicable reason stan lee pops up at the end but <laughs> I, I think that just might have been a piece of uh film that got away from him um then there uh for friday uh this is an indie artist named james riot uh who does a web comic called the path and uh he at first, I thought he was in a, at an art store, but he actually appears to be at a comic store uh, teaching a class of young people on uh, how to draw comics, more specifically on how to foreshorten. Mm. So that's another multi, uh, multi-layered multi thing. And then for that Thursday, I found, and I just love the name of this, uh, it's... This uh, young creator named Teresa Pridemore, and she called uh, this section of videos her Manifesto, <laughs> which is uh, short for her uh, Mephisto Manifesto. Uh, she has a character named Mephisto. Uh, that is the character over her shoulder there in that large painting. And she discusses her process. And, uh, you know, what all went into that. And I think that actually catches us up to where we were before. Awesome. Bill, what's going on over at the forums and Comics Mentor? Uh, over at the forum, we still have the the uh, DVD, sketch, sketch Magazine DVD contest. Draw your uh, favorite rock star uh, in concert. Uh, you can go to the forum. Again, you can go to, I think, sketchmagazine.net. Comics Mentor for the link, and over on uh, Comics Mentor uh, in the last, I think I mentioned this earlier, I have an example of a script uh, for Willow, which was a, one of the things I did for a contest. It's one of the characters from Sparta Bay, but uh, I think I only ran maybe two or three pages back in the day, and this is maybe four or five pages, so you, you can see it. Uh, part of the you know sort of the process that i've gone through on this and uh and actually if you look under at the top there's a sample uh, plot button and you can click on and there's a uh, a uh, another script that i've done and you 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 can see how i do things or one of the ways that i do things so uh that's been the implicit course about the podcast and and focusing, focusing your energies on things, and uh, sort of bringing back that encouragement uh, tangent that I sometimes go off on. So, uh, yeah, it's a party. Yes, it's a mentor it party. 
Cool. Um, let's see. I now to claysway.com is live. We're in our second week of posting, so please go check it out. It's claysway.com. See if I can write humor or not. Let me know. It has its own community. Uh, we got a podcast we're launching. <laughs> it's like those podcasts are only like eight minutes long because I'm by myself. So um, they're not long, but they'll, they'll get longer as I set up some interviews. I think you will see in, within the first three strips we posted that, as, as I always say here, we're learning along with you. Um, on the third strip, Bill remarked that the font really wasn't holding up. So I changed the font to a more traditional comic book type font. I, I like it much better myself. Um, uh, John made a concept about one of the characters as prior to this podcast. And, uh, John, if you go and check it out, I just fixed what you commented about on there. I went in and tweaked the art as we were, we're all talking. So it, it's a, it's a uh, work in progress. So, you know, check it out. It, you know, it might not fit. It's a, it's a family and a kid and it's imaginary panda bear. So if, if it's not your cup of key, I totally understand. It's something personal with my family because of the references and the learning disability. So, um, but check it out, please. Um, sketchmagazine.net that's what you guys hear about um, we now have a, a, a app Apple app and I've got a link to it on sketchmagazine.net um, it does cost $1.99 because the developers have to be paid for doing it but we do make some money off of it which we appreciate um, it's up it works I've downloaded it John you downloaded it correct yep and, yes I did uh, it's a great way to listen to these podcasts on the go um, also, we announced, and I don't have it linked yet, but I just noticed that it is available in the Blue Line store. Um, the Sketch Magazine digital collection, it will include Sketch Magazines 1 through 10 digital. This is in formats of like CBZ, ZBRs, and PDFs. You get all three of those for each issue. You also get the Best of Sketch in digital format in all three of those. And we're going to include the first 10 episodes of this podcast on this. So it'll be all one DVD. Um, so it's it's going to be available at the middle of this month. But Blue Lines already got it out for sale. Um, I've got a little write-up on it on the site. I will go in later and make a link from it over to the Blue Line store. Or you can go to Blue Line store and search uh, Sketch Digital. That's how I found it. And it's there. Podcast 11 went live this morning. Yes, this is Monday. So it's up. Please download and enjoy um, if you haven't already. And that's really all the updates I've got. Other than Sketch Magazine 40 is in bindery. It is printed. Hallelujah. I wasn't there, but I understand it is in bindery. So uh, as soon as they can start stitching and trimming they will be shoving them out the door believe me so as long as it doesn't blow up the bindery machine <laughs> <laughs> it's taken this issue is taking out many machines and many people it seems like so we'll see what happens but they this should start the rolling out. issue yes yes i uh, can't wait to, to 41 let's get this uh alex ross issue offered up so. and uh before we go i've just thought of the line clay should say at the end of the clay's way about recycling what? I'm waiting for it to decompose. Oh, I like. I'm going to steal that one, John. There you go. Perfect. And with that, it's time for us to bid you all good night and good creating. Take care. See ya.